I can stack them hundreds to the roof. I ain't stopping till they stack to the moon. Without me, my family wouldn't have food. Anybody go against me, gotta lose. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MSCEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, today we've got a good podcast, but before we do that, I got some housekeeping issues. We don't charge here. Uh, I don't run ads. I don't run 20 fucking minutes of ads so that you have to, you know, I can get paid for that, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I do have a fee from you. My fee is this. I ask that if you get value from this podcast, that you tell a friend. You don't have to tell 100 friends. You don't have to tell a million friends. You don't have to tell 10 friends. Just tell one friend and do it in a meaningful way. We grow this podcast organically, and I feel like a lot of the people who have been longtime listeners, and while I do greatly, greatly appreciate you, um, I feel like that you know maybe we've gotten a little bit comfortable with just kind of going through uh, and and having our own little family here. And I like to remind you that the the, the purpose of this podcast um, is to change the culture of an entire generation of people who have been brought up to believe in things that are idealistic. My goal here is to help you guys understand what it really means to be in control of your life, to be someone who doesn't get dictated to, to be someone who chooses their outcome, and how to do that. Uh, And I feel like we've done a really good job at that. And I just ask that if you guys agree with me on that, that you please uh, spread the word about the podcast. So with that being said, uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Vaughn the Impaler, the pastor of Disaster, DJ DJ God, Vaughn Swoller, I'm getting Vaughn there. Diesel, what am I missing? Jean-Claude Von Damme. Jean-Claude Von Damme, the man of many names. Right. What's up, dude? Von Nelly Ice. Von Nelly Ice. Ooh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Dude. I, things are good. I feel like it's been like a century since the last time we were here. Actually, guess who I have on the podcast. I've heard this. I'm pretty excited. Next week. Yeah. Nelly. Yep. Yep. Our hometown Nelly. Yep. I'm excited about that, dude. I'm excited about it too. And you know, I with two Titanic rappers like Nelly and myself, you knew that it was only a matter of time before we met. Dude, I'm excited because people don't realize that St. Louis how close and tight knit it is. It's it's kind of weird that him and I have not really crossed paths. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to to get to hang with him, but I'm excited more so because I feel like he brought uh, a level of belief to this community. Uh, he was good for the community, man, for so many yeah. years and like really gave a whole generation uh, from this town belief that like, dude, just because you're from St. Louis doesn't mean that you can't do something big. Right. And uh, dude, he's, you know, people not from this area don't understand that he's a fucking legend here, like a local legend because of that not because of his rap career not because of uh who he is outside of st louis but because the dude has literally empowered so many people here locally to 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 be something um i'm just excited to hear about that man. yeah me too no i've heard a lot of good things about yeah not just an amazing musician but an entrepreneur oh yeah you know yeah hell of an entrepreneur For sure. well and wasn't it uh charlie that was telling us that most people don't know that st louis is a huge hip-hop hub yeah, yeah. it's a hip-hop hub yeah, that's a, that's a dude. Twister. By the way, Charlie's just now finishing his bike ride. Ninety days Is on the bike really? across wow. America. 
That thing's fucking awesome, dude. It is. If I you love don't know that what dude. we're, oh, he's crazy. Yeah, he's in a good way. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Charlie Jabbily was a uh, a guest on our show, and I believe the name of that podcast is how to create the life you want dude he just got the cover of runner's world magazine did you see that i did see that that's fucking awesome him. yeah dude he's yeah. he's amazing yeah he's awesome but dude i am super hyped about getting nelly on the show yeah that'll be great yeah so um anyway uh dude before we get into the topic of what we're going to talk about do you like have you noticed how many people fucking keep posting that stupid phrase know your worth <laughs> yes like Know your worth. Know your worth. Do you ever notice that the people who say that are the people who aren't doing shit? Like, it's such a pet peeve of mine, that fucking phrase, know your worth. Yeah. Like, and it got me thinking about a lot of things, right? Because, like, there's two types of people. There's the type of people who have an inflated ego, who think they're more than, than what they are, right? And those are the motherfuckers posting know your worth. Right. Those are the people who constantly post that when it regards to relationships, their career, their job, um, all the things that they do. It's like always, you know, it's like whenever they feel like they were slighted. I was talking to my friend Tony today, um, who's been a friend of mine for a decade at least. And we were talking about how, you know how like people get, um, like they go to a party, right? And then they, the person that they wanted to talk to didn't go up to them and talk to them. So instead of like going up and talking to that person, they walk out and they, they get offended. They're like, Oh, <laughs> right. that person didn't come talk to me. Well, who the fuck do you think you are? That somebody's supposed to go out of their way to kiss your ass and say, hi, how about this? How about if you wanted to talk to someone, you walk your little fucking butt over there and you talk to them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just mind blowing to me how many how much of society's ego is just totally out of fucking whack, right? Like they think that there other people are supposed to come talk to them or, um, you know, other people are sliding them because their worth isn't what they think it is. It's like, dude, how fucking arrogant and egotistical are you? Like, dude, they think they're the center of the universe. Yeah, because the truth is, is that and we have a whole generation that thinks that, by the way. The truth of the matter is, is that, dude, your worth is your fucking worth. And we have a whole other podcast that we talk right. about this on. But right. the world is very accurate at rewarding you for exactly what you're worth. So when these people are posting, know your worth, know your worth, know your worth, it just makes me roll my eyes. Like, how about this? How about humble yourself, motherfucker? Right. You know what I mean? But, th- dude, this is what's this is the point I'm trying to make. Like, it got me, it got me thinking, right? Because we talked about this earlier today, and and this is kind of like weird that this came up as as uh, as something that that we talked about earlier today. But you know, I feel like a lot of people who listen to our delivery on the show, specifically my delivery um, and the message, when they hear me and they hear my tone the first couple times, they're like, "Fuck, this guy's a dick. He's <laughs> yelling at me. You know, he's mean." But then when they really listen to the words, it's not that I'm being mean or that I'm yelling at someone, it's that I know that you have what it takes. You have the ability and the resources and the tools to be successful. And the reason that I get excited and passionate about it isn't because I'm mad at you because I think you're a piece of shit. It's because I'm mad at you because I know you're not a piece of shit and you need to get up and go do it. And it's a, it comes from a place of love and from belief. And so what it got me thinking about 
was this phrase, know your worth. Because just like there's so many people out there that quote unquote have these entitlement issues, right? There's an equal amount of people out there that don't believe in themselves and they don't know their worth. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that, that part, I think we might miss some of those people. You know what I mean? I like the, it's, it's like the people that should, uh, like get on or buy, buy books about how to be a better dater or something. They're not the people that actually buy those books. It's the people that really don't need it right. that are the ones that get the resources. Right. The same thing with, you know, just all the- Dude, it's the same people. thing with success, yeah. man. Like yeah. the, the most successful people I know are the biggest students of success. Right. You know what I mean? Like when I talk to Dean Graziosi or when I talk to fucking Ed Milet and I'm, talk, I'm talking to these dudes, I'm not, and these guys are wealthy. I mean, very, very wealthy. Uh, you know- I'm not, they're, they're talking to me about what they're learning. Like I learned this, I learned that, I learned this, I learned that. They're very, very humble at, at, at what, you know, it is that they're trying to do. And because of that is why they succeed, right? They're not up there saying, Oh, I'm, I'm making $50 million. I should be making a hundred. Know my worth. They're fucking (laughs) saying, Hey, I'm making 50. I want to make a hundred. What skills do I need to learn to make a hundred? Right. Right. And I so, feel, so you're basically addressing the people that uh, don't know their worth but should. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And like, so I feel like there's a lot of you guys listening right now who are, um, you know, you don't believe in yourselves the way that you should. And, and you people should know your worth. Right. And we run into this issue a lot when it comes to specifically business, because one of the most frequently asked questions that we get on the show is... People, and I remember this, dude. I remember when we first started in business, I felt this exact same way. People feel like they're afraid to charge money for something. Like right. it feels weird the first time you charge money for something. Like when you're selling a product, or like, dude, when you were ghostwriting books for people and shit like that. Like, dude, I mean, you remember what it felt dude, like. Dude, it's funny you should say that because I literally was just thinking that. Like the very first time I ever presented a proposal like to Don. You were scared to fucking give I him I was a, scared yeah. and I had done all my research. And really at the end of the day, what it came down, well, I, I won't get into it too much, but I thought, you know what? I'm a good writer. Yeah. And I and I and I know I'm gonna deliver and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna make sure that he's satisfied. So I dropped a number that that frankly to me was kinda in my mind it was like, wow, that's the biggest number that I personally right. have ever and he didn't even blink. Right. He's like, sure. Right. <laughs> What'd you learn from that? Oh, I learned that that you need to you need to trust that well, you need to do your homework for one thing. You need to you need to consider all the relevant factors like a sober assessment of your ability. Uh, a sober, honest flatline realist assessment yeah. of your abilities. Yeah. Right. And people, for some reason, this is what we're talking about with this know your worth phrase. They either overestimate it greatly or they underestimate it greatly. Right. 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 And, and it's funny because like, you, you know, as someone who deals with a lot of people who propose things to me and want to do business with me, I, I can see right through which is which instantly. Like I know when someone's greatly underestimating their worth and when someone's greatly overestimating what they right. can do. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, just so you guys know, um, the people who greatly underestimate are the ones that I always want to do business yeah. with. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. So how do you feel about that whole under promise and over deliver? I, I, I feel like if you don't over deliver, 
you're not even delivering what you should. Okay. You know but what I mean? Do you believe in the concept of like actually under like does that if you actually under promise? I think you should over promise and over deliver. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like I think you should fucking tell people what you're going to do and then make sure you do 10 times as much. You know what I mean? Right. Because the problem is is whenever you under promise, if you got someone who knows how to present properly and they're even halfway confident, you're you're going to lose to that guy on the presentation. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. So you have to figure out how to propose and present properly, confidently, and honestly, and then go out and still over-deliver on it. Right. You know? Right. Um, because, dude, unfortunately, a modest presentation doesn't get people very excited about doing business with you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So you've got to be good at, at that, and you've got to understand that. But so we're talking about just to let me reframe this just to make sure I. So we're talking about when 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 people are out there they're selling stuff they're selling themselves and on some level we're giving them the tips of how not to how how to properly evaluate what you're worth and and not to not sell yourself short. So the first I, thing I would say that what what we're this really wasn't even going to be the 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 discussion we were going to have, but it's relevant. This is a good discussion. It's relevant. And it, yeah. it, it's deserving of its own topic. Right. So. I think that what we're talking about here truly um, can apply to both those categories. It can apply to the people who are overestimating and the people who are underestimating. I think it's more relevant to the people who are nervous and afraid and scared and underestimating their value, but they don't think they're underestimating. They just think they're not any good. Gotcha. So you have to fucking look at what you really do, right? If you're going to be in business, guess what part of business is? Part of business is exchanging goods for money. And I can remember when I first started, when I was when we first started in business, dude, every time, and like, think how weird this sounds, but every time someone brought an item to the cash register, I felt weird about taking their money. And what I would do, like every time, like every fucking time I would do this, they would come up and they would say, I, they would say, how much is this? And I, they would say, I would be like 40 bucks. It's $39.99. And then before they fucking said anything, I would go, but I'll give it to you for $37.99. Right. Okay. And that's because I wasn't confident in what I was doing. I was inexperienced. I, I didn't believe I was worthy, even though the, all the number I was charging them a fair price. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, like yeah. it was just a, it, and, and I, so many, I struggle, like you guys who are beginning to struggle with that. I struggle with that. Okay, that's where I started. Every fucking time I discount. And you know what ended up happening? Couldn't pay my fucking bills. Right. You know what I mean? And that's not fair to me. It's not fair to my business partner. It's not fair to the people who work there, uh, which nobody worked there at the time. Right. But the people, I learned this lesson on a very small scale when it was just me and Chris. Some people don't learn this lesson until they're fucking employing 100 people and they're cutting their margins so short they can't afford to pay people what they're fucking worth right? What they're truly worth and what they deserve. And dude, you know, that's not right. Well, and I think too, what people need to understand is that it's kind of human nature. You start discounting for people and even if they're good people, people are sharks. Even if they're good people, they'll be like, Hey, if I'm going to get a discount, I expect it. Yeah. And and if you're going to give me an inch, I'm going to take a yard. You're training your customers to expect certain things. You're doing a lot of negative things. One, you're cutting your margins out. Two, you're training your customers to readjust their perception of the value of the service or product that you provide. So let's say you're a bricklayer, right? And you build these beautiful brick houses and these beautiful brick houses cost a million dollars, but you're giving them everybody for 600 grand because you, you can still walk away with 40 grand or 50 grand from the job and you're doing okay. Well, the problem with that is, is 
you're discounting the perceived value of your product. Right. So no longer are you a million dollar brick builder. Now you're a $600,000 brick builder, which places you below in their mind than the other million dollar brick builders, which means your work is not as good as theirs, even if it's better. Right. And it's all perception. So the, so the, so I guess the first step in making sure you're actually uh, valuing yourself and valuing your worth is number one, very clearly understand Am I really good? Am I good? Am I good at, Am what, I'm I good doing, at what I do? Or is what I'm selling good? And a lot, yes. And do I believe in it? And do does I believe it solve it? a real problem? Am I really a million dollar brick builder or am I really a $600,000 brick builder that's looking to get to a million dollars? What are you? Where do you stand in the marketplace? And the other thing about this too, dude, is that, you know, there's consumer trust that comes into play here. If you price yourself as a million dollar brick builder and you're a 600,000 brick builder, what's going to happen? You're going to lose the customer's trust quickly after the first few jobs. And that, dude, your, your reputation is ruined. Right. All right. And then the other thing too is a lot of people mistake experience for skill. Right. All right. Just because you did something for five years does not mean you're fucking good at it. All right? <laughs> you could have sucked for five yeah, years. You could have been yeah. doing all the wrong shit for five yeah. fucking years and you could actually not be any good. Yeah. One of the things that I can't stand when people come and present to me on any kind of business is, I've been doing this for X amount of years. I don't give a fuck. Right. I don't care how long you've been doing it. I don't. I want to see your work. I want to see the price. And I want to see it against everybody else's work. And I want it to be better than everybody else's. Right. The first thing I thought of was, uh, how long has Natty Light been around as a company? Yeah. <laughs> no right. shit. Right. Yeah. No shit. Although man. that does have its, it does have its hey, purposes. Hey, man. But, you know. You know what? But it doesn't mean it's good. Right. doesn't mean it's good. Right. Yeah. We're talking about trying to be good here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. is there a market for cheap? Absolutely. But guess what? That ain't my market. I don't play in that fucking pool. And anything that I do, I play in the best pool. Right. I'm not playing in the cheap pool. Right. Right. And, and I would suggest that you think about that because when you play in the cheap pool, you really have no competitive advantage over anybody. You're just, you have no customer loyalty. You have no way to build culture around your brand. You have no way to fucking um, adjust anything. And you're always playing the price point. So the minute someone comes in five cents cheaper than you, you fucking, you lose them. And that's it. I'm like, dude, that's, that means that you're always going to be chasing a paycheck. Dude, one time I had, I learned this lesson back when I was working in, in our first store. I had a lady come in and uh, she was going to buy a product and it was, I remember this fucking specifically. And this is how I cured myself of the problem I just said I, where I was discounting everybody. Dude, it, it wore me the fuck out, right? Because like I'm always having to play this price game. We had this other store down the street that was, uh, you know, he was just more established than us and he could price things cheaper than us no matter what it was just the way it was he had more buying power he had more money he had more, more everything and um he this lady came in and the the name of the store was exercise and rehab it was in springfield missouri and it was owned by a guy named cliff um and he uh he would always undercut us by like 10 cents right it was like 10 cents cheaper so uh, this lady came in and she wanted to buy, I remember the product, dude, it was a Myoplex light 20 pack. All right. They didn't make this fucking, yeah, that's ain't even a company. They just went out of business. Oh. So, but if you've been in the fitness game for a while, you know what the fucking EAS Myoplex light is. It's old school shit. And <laughs> it was 20 pack and it was the tropical pack. And I remember this, dude. I remember what the lady looked like. I remember what she said to me and, and she's like, she comes in and she's like, 
what's the price on your Myoplex 20 pack? And I says, $29.99. She goes, oh, well, Cliff has it for $29.80. Well, Cliff's store is five, six miles down the road. Dude, I don't know what snapped at me. And I just looked at her and I said, well, if Cliff's got it for $29.80, maybe you should go buy it from Cliff. (laughs) And I just fucking said that. And you know what she did? She left. You know what? And it didn't, it wasn't that bad. I didn't, it was just, I was just like so fucking tired of dealing with that shit. And from that point forward, I have never fucking ran a sale ever again in my life. I've never played the price game. I've always played in the quality game. I've always worked to be the best. So I don't have to deal with that shit. If you want to buy someone else's shit that's cheaper, go ahead. I don't give a fuck. I'm not the cheapest. We're the fucking best. And that's it. Right. And that's how I would brand myself if I were you right now. I would be trying to figure out how to be the best. There's always room for the best. There's always room to grow as the best. And you're not going to be slave to price fluctuations or getting in petty arguments with your customers about about literally 20 fucking cents. Right? Well, two things on that point. Um, when, when I said, you know, I took a you know sober evaluation of what I was capable of, I, I mean... This has to be more than just in our mind. You have to have you have to have some some objective evidence. And like for me, it was okay. I am formally trained. I got some awards. I I was at that point. I was published in some some you know periodicals and, and magazines and different things. So so I know objectively that there were other people that recognized that I was a you know decent writer. Right. I think it's got to be more than yeah, that real than validation. Just, yeah, right. it's got to be more than just I believe in myself. And I I always think of this thing that our, our uh, my one of my seminary professors taught us or told us a story. He said that there was a guy in one of his classes. He told everybody, "Oh yeah, I have the spiritual gift of preaching." And apparently, he was just horrible. Like literally, <laughs> literally could not put one one point right. in front of the next. And uh, and people would say like. I think you might consider being something else, like maybe a chaplain or something like that, but not a preacher because you're not very good. And you say, no, 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 my mom, my mom says I'm an amazing, amazing preacher. And so- All right, let's lit- stop right there. Okay. What your mom and your fucking dad <laughs> right. say about you don't fucking count. Right, exactly. <laughs> or your wife to yeah. some extent because she's your wife. Yeah, whatever yeah. the people immediately around you say about you, Throw that shit out the window. <laughs> right. This is like this is like the fucking bell curve. But this right? guy literally like persisted. He's like, no, no, no. My mom, I know I have, I know, I believe in myself. I know I have the spiritual gift of preaching. And they literally, he's like, all right, well, so the professor's like, well, all right, I'll try to work with him. So he worked with him for, for the three years that he was in seminary. At the end of the three years, he was still horrible. So he sat him down. He said, I'm telling you, you're not cut out to be a preacher. And he goes, no, no, no. I'm absolutely convinced I have, I know I have the gift of preaching. And then so my seminary professor says, Okay, well, let me put it this way. No one I know has the gift of being able to listen to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it just it has to be more than just some sort of internal commitment to yourself or the people in your life that are already supposed to love Dude, you. It's got to be you. a real. Yeah, it's got to be objective right. evidence. Yes. So, a hundred percent. And so many people believe their moms and their dads and their sisters and dude, those motherfuckers just want you to feel good in the moment. Right. That's it. Right. I mean, dude, they love you. You love them. Their opinions don't fucking count. Unless it's your dad. Right. In which. Well, my dad's different because my dad will tell you you're a piece of shit. And that's what I love about my dad. Like, if I suck at something, he'd be like, hey, here's what you got to do to get better. You currently suck, but here's what you got to do to get better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. I remember one time I was wrestling, dude. I had to wrestle this motherfucker who was literally undefeated for four years in high school. And, uh, (laughs) dude. I remember him being like, me getting off the mat, and I lost, and I, I didn't lose very much, and I lost that match, and I remember getting off the mat, and I expected it to be like, I expected him to be like, you know, you fucked up here, you did this, that, this, that, 
Well, this dude, this dude ended up playing in the NFL. He was a fucking yeah. freak. Yeah. And he looked like he was 60 years old when he was fucking 15. <laughs> and uh, 240 pounds, just fucking jacked. <laughs> I came off the mat. I was pissed. Dude, I expect to fucking win, dude. Right, right. You know? I, even though this guy was literally built like a 30-year-old man. You know what I mean? Wow. So I come off the fucking mat, and I th- my dad looks at me, and he goes, I wouldn't have got on the mat with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm like, I'm like, fuck you, man. That's like, awesome. I was so pissed off because I didn't want to get on the mat with him either. That's awesome. Side note, hearkening uh, back to uh, what you were saying earlier about, about people thinking you're a dick or something, uh, I have to admit that it took me about a year before I understood that pay attention, you motherfucker, was actually your way of saying, listen, buddy. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And people, I think people, when, when, once people understand that truth uh, is truth, and, and you Well, dude, they do that shit whenever I go speak live. Because like, when I speak yeah. live, I refer to the audience as, listen, or I'll say, you motherfuckers don't blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right, right. And they think I'm like, like half of them are like, holy shit. Right, right. The other half are like, oh, that's Andy. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. No, it's great. I just thought of that. But any case, okay, so number one, you got to uh, know if you're fucking good or not. You know if you're good And if you're not okay. good, guess what? You can get better. Right. There's very few cases in life that you can't drastically improve your skill set. And like we talked about uh, in the last podcast, you can't expect to be good at what you want to do the first day. Right. I was fucking terrible. I just told you how I was when I started entrepreneurship. I was giving shit away for fucking free just so people wouldn't be mad at me. Right. I was the biggest pussy on the face <laughs> of the earth. Right. So if you don't think that you could become something and I became what I'm doing, you know, which isn't a ton of shit right now, I'm doing something, you, you fucking could do it. Right. You know what I mean? And, right. and so you have to put, you have to put in the work. And I think that's the second point, right? And, and everybody talks about this shit. You got to fucking work hard. You just got to work hard. Like, you've got to fucking work hard. Because even if you're really good, even if you have... It's just like these guys that play in the NFL who have all sorts of fucking talent, but zero work ethic. Yeah, they make it to the NFL. But what happens to them? They end up getting beat out by some rookie, or they end up pissing away a Hall of Fame career, or they end up, you know, turning into something that, you know, is far less than everybody knows they could have been, all because they don't have the work ethic. And I mean, dude, we see it in everything. And like... I would personally rather be someone with less skills that has to work harder than someone with super talent because the guys with talent, they start relying on the talent so hard that they don't develop the, the work ethic. Right. And, and dude, the work ethic is what's going to carry you for the next 70 fucking years of your life, right? The work ethic is the, the, what's going to get you what you want, not now, but forever. And like, dude, developing that skill is 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 a super important part of the of the deal and like dude everybody likes to claim that they work hard but do you really work hard do you really work hard or do you pretend to work hard because right now dude everybody on the fucking internet works hard right right everybody Hustle. hustles everybody grinds everybody does all this sh- and like dude you know i it's bullshit right okay it's dude, just bullshit. That's such a good point, though. I mean, you know, you you and I both. But like, like, dude, you could trick yourself into believing it. Like, people people yeah. will post about how hard they work, and then when you ask them if they really work hard, they'll say yes. But then when you ask them what their day's like, they don't do shit. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, do you really work hard? Like, are you really doing it? You know? Right. right. Uh, you know, you and I both like to read a lot, and uh, we both like to read biographies about, like, these, you know, outliers and overachievers and that's stuff like that. And dude, I, I gotta be honest with you more and more. I mean, it's all over the place. Every time I read about somebody great, who's really made an impact, 
they really don't. Another phrase that everybody uses is "I believe in myself," but I don't feel like um, the people who are really out making the the greatest impact are saying "I believe in myself." What they're saying is. I believe that I will do the work, and that's where my or confidence I, is. I believe I can get there, right? right. I can't like, like. Well, what, what I'm to, saying is they're not putting their, What I'm saying is they're putting they're putting their faith in their ability to outwork, not to be like right. intrinsically smarter or better. Well, dude, that's they're what, putting. Yeah, but, but real successful people also you have to like you have to like. You have to baseline understand before that statement that. Very, truly successful people understand that it is a cause and effect relationship. They don't believe in the magic. Right. They're not out there saying, oh, I got lucky or I fuck. They might say that shit so you fucking buy their programs. But dude, the successful people I know understand that if they do this, this will happen as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they put the faith in the work. Right. So they understand that if they do the work, the result will be there and they believe in their work ethic and their ability to do that work. Therefore they believe that the result will happen. Right. Right. So you, you know, that's something that people have a hard time grasping because they don't in their heart truly believe that if they do the work, the result will happen because they haven't had enough experience to see that's what it is. When I was young in entrepreneurship and I'm still young, but when I was young in entrepreneurship, I was 20 fucking years old, 19 years old, you know, even till I was probably like 27, 28 years old, I truly believe that there was a mystical force and how I fucking saw it in my mind and everybody sees it differently was I used to look at it and I look at a group of people and I would think about it like this. And like, I don't know if everybody thinks about it like this, this is how I thought about it. I would be like, man, I wonder out of these hundred people who, who, who are the three that are going to be the millionaires? And I'd like, and I would think of it, and the reason people I say success fairy so much is because I envisioned it in my brain as like a little Tinkerbell success fairy that like went around and tapped somebody on the fucking head and then the universe somehow put the stars in alignment for them to become successful. And that's what I fucking believed. So I, I, I was doing all this work, but I, I didn't believe that if I did it, I would still get there. I believe that, you know, if I did the work... Um, Maybe, like, I guess I fully didn't believe in it. You, right. you know what I'm saying? Right, right, I fully yeah, yeah. didn't believe in the work. Yeah. All right? And until I truly, fully believed in the work, um, I struggled. You know, I had a hard time because I was putting some of the responsibility that should have been on my shoulders onto this mystical, unforeseen success fairy force. Right. So, like, when I say this shit to people, like, they think I'm just, like, yelling at them. Dude, I'm really, like... Yelling at all the people who were just like me. Like, dude, don't believe that shit because it's not true. Because once I started having the faith in the work and I started becoming a student of effective work, meaning I didn't work 100 hours a day, I worked to get shit done. And that might take four hours a day. It didn't matter. I just knew that shit had to get done. And when when I realized that work wasn't a badge of honor, it was a process to get what I wanted... And I just dedicated myself becoming effective. A, I had more free time. B, shit started happening to me in my life. Like the shit just started happening. Like the shit that I wanted to happen, happened. Mm-hmm. So now I don't have any doubts about it. Like when, you know, Ed and I are talking about the Arte Syndicate and we're talking about building a community for the next fucking hundred years or 200 or 300 years. I, I don't, 
I don't doubt that. Like, I don't sit there and think, oh, man, we have to get really lucky for that to happen. I, I, I look at it like this. Okay, for that to happen, we got to do step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 to 100. And I do that shit. And that's it. I, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. For I mean, I think what I've learned the last couple of years is, is when it comes to confidence and believing in yourself, no affirmation on the planet is worth anything compared to execution. It's not even, it's not even comparable. It's like, it's, it's not even the same fucking game. Like, and that's what I get so frustrated with all these self-help, you know, and like, dude, people, you, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I go through phases where like, I get sick of this shit and that's just the way it is. And the reason I get sick of this shit is because we are a personal development podcast and we are, uh, we do have quote unquote motivation (gasps) shit, but the field is so fucking polluted with dumb fuck losers who are so full of shit that it makes me disgusted to be a part of it. And then I withdraw into my fuck. I just don't want to do it. Cause I'm like, right. dude, I don't want to be associated with it. So like, I have this weird balance of like, I feel like I have a duty to fucking do this because no, not many others are doing it the right way. And then I have this balance of like, dude, I don't want to be associated with these fucking people. So I just fucking quit. And I think the fundamental difference, and I mean, there's so many fundamental differences, but a huge fundamental difference between you and the rest of the guys is that I feel like the- Dude, the, we're the only motherfuckers out there that our main business is, let's just be fucking frank. Oh, we're, I, I am the only motherfucker out there that my main business isn't to sell you information about being successful. <laughs> right, right. That's not my business. I've made my millions selling courses about how to make millions. Yes. Something not right with yeah. that. And that's yeah, the yeah. internet right now. Yeah, yeah. Right. And like, dude, I'm sitting here looking at my fucking warehouse- I just went to a meeting this morning where we're building our new fucking headquarters, which is uh, eight times the size of this building. You know what I mean? Like, we're doing real shit here. Right. We're helping real people. We're solving real fucking problems. We're adding years to lives. We're adding quality to lives. I feel good about what I do. And I'm proud of what I do. And I love my team. I love what I do. I love the people here. And I love helping people be successful. But what I can't stand is being associated with these this other thing that's going this this thing in the internet i, I totally agree dude I think, that's why i don't post as much anymore it's just like i think I, I think the other guys out there in the space they like to harp on because I'm, I'm sure there's people that say well wait a minute guys are you saying the affirmations aren't worthwhile no we do obviously how you use your words is important but i feel like the, all the gurus out there are camping out on those things that's because that's all they got yeah that's all they got and it's all there it's it's kind of the sexy thing oh do all these affirmations fine do Bro, that but that's, that's not because the meat and potatoes. Dude, that's because it's they're execution. selling products to people who are in love with the idea of success being easy that's what they're targeting people with they are telling people that if you just tell yourself you're beautiful, if you tell yourself you're special, if you tell your every day, tell yourself these great things and these things will happen. Bullshit. <laughs> right. That's not how it works. Right. You know, and still have to act. But but dude, that message is appealing to people who don't really want to do the work. You see what right. I'm saying? Oh yeah. And that's why that's why it is what it is right now. Right. Like it's appealing. Like, dude, people truly think right now that being an entrepreneur is posting motivational memes on their fucking Instagram. Right. That's what entrepreneurship has become. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur because I post motivational quotes on my fucking internet. Get the fuck out of here. Let me see your headquarters. Let me see your business. Let me see what you do that isn't selling other people information about how to be successful when you never had it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, dude, whatever. I don't, no, I hear you. Fuck. So, so in terms of uh, learning not to discount yourself, number one, are you good at what you do? 
Is your product good? Number two, are you going to work hard? Are you going to outwork everybody else? What are, what are some other? I, I think the, I think the third one is is dude. Like I said, always over deliver. Always, okay. always do more than what you think the customer expects. If you just do what the customer expects, you're not going to be um, remembered. You're not going to be remarked about. Dude, Seth Godin has an. Um, Seth Godin, by the way, is my entrepreneur hero. The guy's a fucking genius, yeah, by the he way. Is. He gets far less credit than what he deserves because he doesn't do social, which I actually think he's a genius for not doing social because he's not ruining his life, commenting and posting 30 times a fucking day. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I respect him, dude. He said, you know what? It's not worth it to me. And he doesn't fucking do it. It's kind of true. He's kind of above the fray. Yeah. He kind of transcends But he's a fucking everything. genius, man. Yeah. But anyway, his book, The Purple Cow, every single one of you should go on Amazon right now and order The Purple Cow. The whole book is based around the concept of being remarkable, which means literally remarkable. That means that you do something that makes people say, wow, whoa, that's cool. I like them. Hey, buddy, let me tell you about these guys I did business with. You can't do that if you only deliver what the customer expects. You can only do that when you over-deliver. So over-delivering way above what you promise and whatever creative way that you have to fucking do. It doesn't mean give it to them for cheaper, by the way. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying make them say fucking wow. All right? Read that book, The Purple Cow. It'll it'll clarify that concept. I read that for a you. long time ago. Fuck, I should dude. Reread it. It's one of the best books I ever read. Yeah. That book changed my life. No bullshit. Um, you would rank that up with selling happiness. Is that what it is? Delivering happiness. Delivering happiness. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, Purple Cow is definitely, I think, the number one most influential book I read. Yeah, yeah, because it get, made me understand shit instantly. Uh, with Seth Godin, that's why he's so good because he's he's so good at making simple concepts be impactful for you to understand. Uh, dude, if I was you right now and you want to improve your your skill set, I would order every single Seth Godin book and read each one. And I'm not kidding, five times. That's it. Every single book. He's got like ten books. Anyway, um, you know, and I think uh, we're okay, talking. So, you know, so we're, t- we're talking about. You know, are you good at what you do? Realistic. Uh, do you work hard? Over deliver on what you promise, and I think the other thing that you that you have to do, and people people say this shit all the time. Don't worry about your competition. I agree. Don't worry about your competition, but it is smart to compare yourself financially and skillfully where you rank. Does your product where does it rank? Is it is it an A plus product? Is it a B product? Is it a C product? Now there's markets for all of those. Just because I don't like to play in anything other than the A plus space, and I don't think you should either, doesn't mean there's not a market for all these products. Right. There is. It's just not my game. Um, but where do you want to play? All right. And how much is the price going to correlate to that? And whatever that is, whatever you think that is, and whatever you find that, uh, whatever that is, you shouldn't be proud to fucking charge that price. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but would you say there's also a limit to, like you, you've always said, you know, first form uh, products, they're more expensive because they're worth it. Yeah. Right. But well, I always tell people, dude, you fucking pay 10% more for 100% better results. Right. And that's it. But but obviously, there is a limit to that in the sense of, you know, if the market, if if the average price of something in a market is $10 and and your product is $100, well, that's going a little overboard, obviously. So, what would you say about that? In regards to what? Should people well, I do mean, that? Like, like if, well, I mean, bro, I don't fucking know if that's true or not, because like I see iPhone cases out there that are 100 grand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how much they sell. I mean, dude, you got to remember, like, every motherfucker you see wearing a G-Shock down, you know, like, just for comparison, because I know you don't know this, 
So everybody in this office and everybody you walk around wears fucking G-Shock. What's a G-Shock cost? A couple hundred bucks? hundred bucks? I guess, yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Right? Either. But everybody's wearing them. I don't even know All what right, a G-Shock is. I don't fucking, even know what a G-Shock is. It's that fucking watch that everybody wears. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Or, or the Apple Watch. What's the Apple yeah. Watch cost? Yeah. Oh, uh, what? 600 I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking wear one. Yeah. You know why? <laughs> I know why. Why? Because <laughs> you wear one that's a lot more expensive. That's fucking right. That's right. A lot more expensive. Yeah. And you know what? There's a big market for that shit. Yeah. There's such a market for that shit that one of the watches that, I'm, that I've been trying to find right now is a hundred grand that I cannot fucking get anywhere. Cannot yeah. even get it because wow. they're all sold out. Wow. Okay. So just remember, it all depends on where yeah, you're going to play. That's true. All That's depends true. on where you're going to play. That's a good point. Yeah. See, yeah. what you what you just said is reflection of your mindset, uh-huh. not the market's mindset. Uh-huh. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. Because you're not in the market for a $100,000 watch. Right. Now, one right. day you're going to be, because we're going to make it that way. Yeah. But I'm, well, you probably would never do that anyway, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. No, most I mean, people you're just, right. That's most people probably just aren't not aware. Would, no, they yeah. live in their own brains about what, yeah. you have to understand there's all different kinds of consumers. There's consumers that shop for the cheapest. My right. dad shops for the cheapest fucking shit. It's right. the most annoying thing ever. When he goes in the store and, and he looks at a can of beans and there's one can of beans and there's another can of beans and one can of beans is fucking 37 cents and the other one's 38, he's buying a 37 cents every right. fucking time. Right. Okay. His mindset is I look at the can of beans, it's just fucking beans. So what difference does it make? Right. Right. Me, when I, and this is, my, this is how I am, when I go to the store and I see fucking can of beans, 37 cents. And I, and I see a can of beans that's 38 cents, and I see a can of beans that's 50 cents, and then I see one that's a dollar. Which one do you think I buy? A uh, dollar. I buy the dollar yeah. one. You know why? Because it's quality. Uh, I, I assume it might be. You, yeah. I'm just saying. I, I, well, we, I'm, de- I'm definitely <clears throat> the same way with food. All right. For the, well, I'm, it depends on the item. But I'm but like yeah. that with everything. Yeah. So, like, I assume that whatever the most expensive one is is the best because I don't want to fuck around with it more than once. Right. Or like if I want to eat fucking chili and I want my chili to be great and there's a, the beans are going to be a fucking dollar, not 37, I assume, and it might not be true, that the chili's going to be better with the dollar beans. But right. I, I'm just using this as a, an example of different consumer mindsets. So you have to decide where you're going to play. Right. Where are you going to play? If I were you and I was a young entrepreneur trying to start a business, I would try to play in the A-plus category and be the best and the most expensive because there's more opportunity for you to create customer loyalty in that situation because you're not having to fight with all the riffraff. Now, there are limits to that. Like I could not sell a protein bottle, a bottle of level one for fucking 250 bucks, right? Right. Like you, I think that's the point you're trying that to make. Was, yeah. Okay. But you have to be very aware that just because, and I think this is a mistake a lot of people make when they're pricing their products, is they think like them. Not like, like the market. Instead of the, what the market they're trying to be in. Right. You see what I'm saying? Well, and I, actually, I mean, to, just to reinforce what you're saying, it's not just you that perceives higher quality on higher price. That's that's just an no, established that, sociological principle. You've that's, re, you've that's, probably, a, that's, go ahead. that's a whole entire market. Yeah. I'm just an example. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, just you've probably read the book by Robert Cialdini. The yes, he the, his he's got all these books on persuasion, and he talks about the the story about the lady who sold. She had this jewelry shop somewhere in Arizona, and she had this this particular piece that wasn't selling very very well. And as she was leaving for vacation, she told her assistant, "Hey, just mark everything down by seventy five percent. We'll get rid of it over the weekend." She came back; all of it was sold. But her, mis- but her, but her assistant had made a mistake. She marked everything up 
right. by 75% and it's sold. So there is definitely a perception exactly. of price, price equals quality. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and most of the time it's fucking true too. Yeah. I mean, most of the time it is true. Yeah. Are there situations, like people, and see, this is the argument you'll get in with somebody like my dad. My dad will argue that it's never true. It's never true. It's all the same. Yeah. Right? Because he's a price shopper. I'm a quality shopper. Right. I, I totally disagree with him. The shit, the shit that I've picked and paid more for, first of all, I appreciate it more. Second of all, I right. feel better about it. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot right. to it, man. There's, right. a, there's a whole psychological, which I'm not going to get into because it would be a whole other podcast. But yeah. um, the point is, is that you've got to decide where the fuck you're going to be. And, by, and to do that, you've got to evaluate, you know, market the market. Yeah. You've got to evaluate your competitors and you've got to see. Um, and, and whatever place, whether it be the ABC place that you want to place yourself um you've got to be better than the other guys in that category so you want to be at the top of that see what i'm saying yeah 100 percent. So, good stuff so what yeah, else man um i think we're running up on like an hour here but well that's all right basically the thing is well i gotta call <laughs> oh, i gotta okay. do an interview for forbes actually okay yeah nah, very cool. i'm just bragging about it a little bit no, that's okay i have yeah. an interview for playboy yeah yeah play, playboy or playgirl <laughs> uh I, I don't even know. I didn't know know the other one existed. Yeah, right. You probably got a subscription. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I think we got way off track here, but I think the main thing is, is like, dude, let's start out here. If you're, uh, the know your worth, right? Right. Don't be the guy who thinks he's worth way more than he is, but also don't be the guy that's that lets people walk all over him right. and be worth less than what you are. I was that guy. In fact, I've always been that guy. I always, I still, and I think if you're going to be one, be that guy because at least there's humility there and there's a sense of realism, but you've got to, you've got to self-assure and make sure that, you know, you understand that you are worth something. So what is that? All right. And the way you get worth more is by being better. And your skills, work on your work ethic. Yeah. And be better than your competitors, quality. Yeah, but I, I, I would I would encourage you guys to think about this concept that we've talked about here in all areas of your life. You know, there's a lot of people who let people walk all over them in their personal relationships because they don't know their worth, right? And there's a lot of people that do the walking on out everybody in relationships because they're the ones posting that meme, know your worth, right? Right. right. So, you know, think about this in every area because you do have a real worth. And the world usually is pretty good, especially in business, of rewarding your real worth. But you're the person that's going to have to pull the trigger on making that happen, right? And 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 that's why you see guys who are very underskilled, who are not very good at what they fucking do, getting a lot more out of life than what they should, because at least they're not afraid to fucking ask for it. You see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Hundred percent. Right, and there's a lot of great people out there listening right now that that are getting that are getting far less than what they should be getting because simply they're just like me, like I was. They're you're the guy who's discounting your product before there's even an objection. You see what I mean? And it's just inexperience. So guys, you know, follow these steps in all areas of your life. You know, evaluate you know where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. You know, develop a great work work ethic. Uh, work on over-delivering, even in your personal relationships. Work on over-delivering in your friendships. Work on over-delivering in your community. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to be over-delivered back when it comes to business opportunities or it comes to your actual pay or it comes to your relationships. You'll get that over-delivery back. And and I think the biggest theme here, guys, 
um, that I'd like to close with is just remember, dude, I was like that too. You know, I was just the same person. I was the guy who, who didn't believe in himself really that much, um, was afraid to ask for, for the sale. Um, and, and, and the guy who didn't believe that the work would produce the result, I was that guy. I was many of you right now. I've just grown out of it. And, uh, I think if anything, if you take anything from this message today is, is that, you know, I was the worst one. <laughs> You know, and wherever you guys are on this on this mission, on this journey, um, there's no reason you can't get exactly what you want. You've just got to understand where you are and and be willing to to put your faith in the work and accept the result that it's going to provide. And I think that was the biggest thing that changed my life uh, for me was was understanding a hundred percent belief in the work and stop worrying about the fucking magic shit. You know, absolutely. So, so guys, that's the show for today. Um, we got, like I said, we got Nelly coming on here. Uh, he's coming in next week. So there'll probably be the next week after that that's on, but that's going to be a cool episode. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, guys, again, thank you for all your support. Thank you for all, all the things that we do uh, and growing this movement, but, but keep in mind, this is a movement. Um, this isn't something that I'm trying to make money off of or monetize or sell a bunch of ads and shit like that. We're trying to make a fucking difference. So if you got value, if you got one sentence, you know, out of this podcast that changed your perspective or is going to help you, do me a favor and tell somebody about it. We appreciate it. All right. Talk to you guys next time.